Aiden's our first baby. So I'm a new mom. Yeah. So, you know, just been balancing work and also being a new mother. It's, it's a challenge. I knew that being a mom was going to be hard, but now that I'm actually in it, it's 1 million times harder than running my own business. I can say that. Danielle Brown, we're so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, for taking time out of your career and motherhood to come and chat with us. We're so excited. So excited. Thank you for having me. I... Danielle, I've been following your page on my personal account for a while. She is the founder, the chef behind Healthy Girl Kitchen, which um, is a business, but also a huge Instagram account that I'm sure a lot of us have seen with amazing plant-based recipes that are quick and easy. And she also has a new cookbook that is available for pre-order now, which is so exciting. And um, just like the queen of vegan plant-based recipes. Did I miss something? Yeah. Well, it's actually, the book's just out. So no need to pre-order. The book is just- Oh my gosh. That's even more exciting. I thought it was still pre-order. Yeah. No, you can can get my cookbook at any store, Barnes & Noble. It's now in um, most Targets in the US. It's also at Aldi. So if you have a grocery shop at Aldi, you should be able to find the book. It's on Amazon, which it'll, it'll literally come like overnight. So- so yeah, if you need Perfect. like easy, so I can get it by tomorrow. <laughs> you could get it by tomorrow. I yeah. love it. Well, I would love to know a little bit about how you started your page, how you started this career on Instagram. I don't know if it started there or somewhere else. I just want to hear a little bit about your story. So I had no intention of ever monetizing Healthy Girl Kitchen. I didn't even know that you could make money as a food blogger. I thought that the, you know, if you Google a recipe and you click the recipe and like scroll forever and finally get, I thought that those people did that for fun. I didn't think that that was their career and that's how they were making (laughs) money. Absolutely no clue. Um, My journey really started in college. I was eating super unhealthy of course, when you go to college, you're like eating junk food, you're eating late at night, you're drinking, you're going to parties. And like, well, that's all fun. That really caught up to me. And I started not feeling great. And I felt sick after eating. And I knew I needed to make a change. And I wanted to make a change, but I didn't really know where to start. And I think that's where a lot of people find this issue of wanting to make a lifestyle change, wanting to eat healthier, but they don't know where that starting point is or where to begin. And I found myself in that same spot. And what I did know how to do was to like lower my sugar and like not eat desserts as much. Um, and I also just, I noticed that the meat that they were serving in the dining hall was very much so like mystery meat. I didn't know where it was coming yeah. from. This was not like organic grass fed. Like this was very much mystery meat. I was also eating a lot of dairy, which uh, was really causing a lot of problems for me, a lot of digestive issues. I was dealing with chronic heartburn. So with all of these, you know, problems with animal products, I stumbled across a plant-based diet and I learned as much about it as I could. I kind of became a practitioner of just learning everything I could about a plant-based diet, which led me to understand that this was a vegan diet. And I always thought vegans were weird. I thought, what do you mean? You don't eat meat dairy, eggs, fish. What do you eat if you eliminate all of that? Because I didn't grow up vegan. I grew up eating meat, dairy, and eggs, a very like traditional standard American diet, American family. And I thought that vegans just smoked weed and ate tofu all day. 
And I, I didn't really resonate with that. I pictured a hippie and I'm definitely not a hippie. (laughs) And, but I, I really wanted to try it because I had just been hearing about how powerful the diet was and all of these amazing health benefits that people were experiencing from eliminating animal products in their diet. And so after about four months of eating plant-based in my dorm room in college, very limited resources, I had lost about 20 pounds. Um, My chronic heartburn went away. My skin cleared up. I was getting very much like hormonal breakouts. And I also was very fatigued and I was taking like three hour naps a day to, you know, being able to stay awake all day long and feeling like super energized and feeling very, um, just like full of life. And wake, I was waking up with like a very clear brain, able to think, able to focus. I felt very sharp and I just felt the best I ever felt, but I really had to get creative. This meant I was like microwaving sweet potatoes in my dorm room. I made the salad bar, my best friend. I'd like the dining halls at Michigan state where I went is like unlimited food. So I would just go back to the salad bar a million times, fill my plate up with like leafy greens. And I was doing like chickpeas or like black beans instead of getting meat. And uh, I would go to the pasta bar that they had there and I'd ask them for whole wheat pasta. And then I kept a bowl of non-perishable fruit in my room, uh, like bananas, oranges, apples. So I had like on the go snacks, I would dip it in peanut butter. I kept protein bars. So I really just did what I could and I made it work for myself. And it really showed me that I wanted to help other people live a plant-based lifestyle. And I went to nutrition school after I graduated from Michigan State, and I became certified as a holistic um, nutritionist, and I started my own practice. I had clients where I would teach them how to eat plant-based. I I basically did like one-on-one nutrition consulting, and um, that led to me posting my recipes for my clients because I would get messages from people saying, hey, Danielle, I would love a breakfast recipe or a lunch recipe, and I'm like, well... I should just upload it on Instagram. I should make a blog, put it on there. But this was simply just for my clients. I didn't think that, uh, you know, I would become this like influencer with millions of followers. And so before I knew it, I was getting thousands of visits to my blog every month. People were loving the recipes I was posting on there. And then at the same time, I was also posting on Instagram and those recipes started to do really well. And I think it was, yeah, it was the beginning of 2020 where TikTok really came to be and this new idea of short form video kind of entered the picture. And then this is where I really think that media changed forever is that we now started storytelling and presenting content and marketing and media to people in the form of 30 second or less videos. And this really also changed the game for food content as well, because if people see a picture of a recipe, the final result or the process shots, you can say, hey, okay, like that looks good. But if someone's actually shown how to make the recipe, it makes it much more approachable yeah. and it makes it makes someone say, oh, I could do that. Because if you just see the final result, you don't know how to make it. Oh, that looks good. But like, I don't know how I'm actually going to make that where I'm like, oh, I can actually show people in 15 seconds kind of the gist of how to make this recipe. And so... I just started posting on TikTok and my videos started to do really well. And then Instagram introduced reels. And so I started taking those TikTok videos and posting them on Instagram reels. So I was very early to the Instagram reel game, but I understood how powerful it was. And so I just wanted to remain consistent on there. 
And now it's become my full-time job. I love creating. I love making recipe videos. I love teaching women in particular how to eat healthy and do it with the plants as the star of the meal. So yeah, so now I'm a cookbook author and uh, recipe developers, social media influencers, someone might call it, but, but yeah, I love my job. <laughs> what an amazing story. Was there a point that you remember growing on TikTok and on Instagram where you were like, oh, this isn't like small anymore. And did that kind of freak you out? Like as you kept growing, like 5 million followers on Instagram is a lot, a lot of people. I mean, and people. I'm sure you never anticipated growing to that no. extent. My husband has a video of me where I have 9,000 Instagram followers. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm about to hit 10,000. Like that's so many people. And he's like, <laughs> he's taking this video of like me about to hit 10,000 followers. And I was just like, that was crazy. And I told him, I was like, I was like, that is like, I'm good now. Like I, I don't need more than 10,000. Uh, I thought that was so cool and so many people and it is so many people and it's just continued to grow. And I really, it's a good question because I can't, I try to comprehend the amount of people, but it's really hard to picture in your mind. Okay. 5 million people just on Instagram, 3 million people on TikTok, another million and a half people on Facebook. I mean, it's, it's really hard to comprehend. Um, but I love like when someone comes up to me in public and they like recognize me or it's like them and their kids and they're like, like we all watch your videos and like, we love your recipes and we have your cookbook. And like that just fulfills me so much. Like if I could just like meeting just one person in person, it makes the biggest difference to me. And it actually makes it real. I'm like, oh, like they're yeah. actually like real people who are following me. Like, cause it's just a number on the screen to me when I say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a lot of people. But then actually like meeting people in person, I'm like, this is so cool. And, and seeing how many like lives that I've impacted and how many people actually like eat healthier and like take better care of themselves because of me, like that is really re rewarding. Do you have a best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? And this can be throughout your journey and your career as an influencer. It could be, I know we were talking before this about being a new mom. It could be about your relationships, anything, but something that stuck with you throughout your life. Yes. So I had a volleyball coach and his, his motto was work hard to make it easy. And he's like, you can apply this to anything in your life. So of course, at the time we were playing volleyball and he meant, you know, he applied it to, well, if you train really hard, it'll be easier in the game because you will have had training and, but he said, you can apply this to anything. So ever since he said that, it just kind of stuck with me and I apply it to, you can apply it to the smallest thing um, in your life. Like, um, for example, let's say on a Sunday you work hard as in like you meal prep your food for the week, you do your laundry, you clean your space, that makes the rest of your week easier. Um, mm. Another thing, like, let's say, you know, I don't know, I feel like throughout like my fertility journey as well, like I worked really hard to like, um, eat really well and take care of myself and like stay active during my pregnancy. And that made my pregnancy a lot easier because I worked hard. D does that make sense? Yeah. So work oh, hard. Course work hard now to make it easy. It's also like, I feel like similar to this saying, like, um, like do things today that your future self will thank you for. It's like a yeah. very similar, a very similar concept. So, um, I feel like I apply it to my job as well. Like today, like I work really hard, like film a ton of videos, um, post great content, 
create books for my audience. And then like later it'll be easier because like that hard work will pay off. And whether it's like financial freedom or um, just make things easier on myself and my family. um, It's just, it's just advice that has always stuck with me and it applies to again, literally everything. I love that. I think that's such good advice and resonates with probably every aspect of our lives. It it really does speak to just making the investment now for the long-term wellness or long-term goals that you have. 100%. I feel like a lot of times people with influencers, especially, they think like, well, you kind of probably just got lucky, which a lot of people do. Like going viral to a certain extent can be luck, but most people never see the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes. And, you know, they look at you, 3 right. million followers, TikTok, 5 million Instagram, and they're probably like, well, something just went right. But y- there was probably an exorbitant amount of work involved in that, especially at the front end, would you say, right? Yes, at the front end, for sure. And like, people don't see the journey like they see now, uh, yeah. the, the followers and the book and, and everything. But the journey and like the things that I did, I mean, I was doing it first. I mean, I would I was doing a brand deal, like I would post a picture and or create brand for a con or I would create content for a brand for like $50. Seriously, like that <laughs> barely pays for like your groceries, yeah. you know, so <laughs> I was posting on my blog every single day. Um, It took a long time before people were actually reading it, but posting recipes on my blog, posting on Instagram every single day. And at this time there weren't videos yet. So it was pictures, but I would make sure that there was a picture up every day posting on my story. I mean, I've been posting on my Instagram story every day, probably for the past five years. Yeah, that's a lot. You're never a, and you're never off too. Like never you never off. have just like time off. Like right. Sundays you're still posting. Saturdays you're still posting. Exactly. Um, and then also there's a lot that goes into the videos themselves. Uh, a lot of like marketing and strategy. But basically it starts it starts at the ingredients. Like so I I work with an amazing assistant. Her name's Taylor. She will source our ingredients that we're using for the videos for the day. And I literally have her send me pictures of like, I tell her, I'm like, okay, we're shooting a noodle recipe, but I'm like, send me pictures of every single noodle that they have, because I need to pick the exact one that could go viral. Like I could tell by the shape of the noodle, whether it'll be eye catching or not, or I'll ask her. Yeah. Like I'll ask her, um, okay, like what rice do they have and what, what, you know, how are the bell peppers looking today? And like, we make sure we get like the most vibrant, gorgeous produce. If anything, if any kind of, if the produce isn't looking like, like, let's say she ends up getting, um, I don't know, a tomato that, or the color's a little bit off, or it's not vibrant. I'm like, we'll save this recipe for another day. Every ingredient needs to be like at its peak because people, of course you want to get their attention, but people want to look at something that's visually pleasing. So, and especially when it comes to food. So we're making sure that every single ingredient is the best that it can be. And then also thinking, okay, what's maybe a noodle shape that people don't see very often. What's a noodle shape that's Hmm. like fun and different. Like, I'm like, let's, I don't want to use just spaghetti. Like let's find really fun, like wavy noodles that people don't see very often because it'll make them stop for maybe five seconds longer on the video so that, you know, I keep their attention for longer. Um, and it's just little details like that, that are really thought out. Um, every camera angle, the lighting, like I canceled filming yesterday cause there wasn't enough sun. 
I'll only film if there's sunshine out and natural sound. Like I really don't like using artificial lighting. And in terms of like uh, actually filming itself, like we film from so many different angles um, also like styling each shot. So like, let's say I'm pouring a dressing, we'll set up, it might take like 10 minutes just to set up the shot to pour the dressing into the bowl. So, but then we have to style it too. So we have the bowl on the counter, but then we have the candle and a napkin and maybe we put some cilantro on the side and we're like making sure that it's like visually perfect. But then, you know, for the next shot, we're going to have to move the camera and then we have to move everything again and style the shot again. So filming a video takes a really long time. And then, you know, when it comes to the voiceover, that's a really important piece that I think a lot of creators miss out on. I love doing homework and like watching reels and kind of seeing what other people are posting. And I think the number one thing for food bloggers that I see is people aren't using the voiceover tool enough. They're just putting music Mm -hmm. And there's so much that you can say on a video that helps to get your point across. You can tell a story. People get to know you. A voice is very personal. So I think if you're looking to build like a personal brand or you want to grow your page, um, being able to speak and and use a voiceover is, is really key. But I'll, sometimes I take literally like two hours just to write my voiceover because it is such a big part of the video doing well, even just the hook, like the hooks, the most important, the first three seconds, like, what am I going to say to get someone to not scroll past this video? And then also what am I saying in the middle to get someone to stay on the video? And then what am I saying at the end to somehow, um, you know, some call to action, whether it's save this video, um, like this video, follow for more, um, uh, order my book, like what's something that I can say at the end that'll retain this audience because I don't just want people to scroll. I want, you know, if you're not following me, I want you to follow me. I want you to order my book. I want you to now become a part of my community. So there's a lot involved and a lot of like marketing and strategy and a thought that goes behind every piece of content that goes out. So yeah, like you said, like a lot, a lot goes into it. It's not just like, oh, like I like made a salad and like recorded it and like it happened to go viral. And like now I have, fo-. it's like, there's a lot of, yeah. a lot of thought involved in the process. That is so fascinating. Just things that I would never think of. And I think any creator though would have so many of those details, like those processes. And I even have them every time I make a quote or design something like there's right. a million things that I'm thinking of. And all people see really is the final product, is the final but product. the amount of time and energy that you probably put into every single video to get it to the point where people do find it so visually appealing and clearly are so drawn to your recipes is so impressive but also thank you that's that's why you've gotten to where you've gotten I mean like you've had to take the time to do that and I think that's something maybe a lot of people aren't willing to do (laughs) yeah no 100% even the name of the recipe itself I'll literally like I have to sit there till I come up with the perfect name like I can't just be like white bean and spinach soup I think that's really boring but I'm like okay what benefits can someone get from this soup white beans are really amazing for heart health. So I could call it like, I'd rather name it something where someone knows the benefits. So like heart, heart health soup, or if it's really good for digestion, like di- like digestion detox goddess cell, whatever, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's, yeah, yeah. there's like a marketing and strategy also involved with the name of the recipe too. And I sit for a really long time before I come up with the perfect name. And sometimes I'll even like, I'll like go to sleep 
wake up and like have a new brainstorm session because the name could make someone watch it or not. If you are listening to this podcast, you are probably a fan of inspirational quotes. And if that's the case, then you should check out my book. I feel that it's a cute little retro book with each chapter being a different emotion and then quotes that can help you with that emotion. So if you're looking to support me or the show, if you need a cute little gift for a friend or just something to flip through when you're feeling down one day, then this book is for you. You can purchase it at quotesbychristy.com, which is my website, or the link will be in the show notes. Basically, yes. what I'm gathering is you are a master marketer as well as a nutritionist well, and recipe you. creator because no, those are truly things that like I would never think of, but it's true. When you see them, you're more drawn to things that appeal to the benefits automatically, the things that look right. perfect and appealing. I, it sounds though, like you might be, um, a little bit of a perfectionist in what you do. Has it ever been hard for you? Like, like just also knowing that sometimes things are out of your control. Yeah, I am a perfectionist and it's like, it's actually like debilitating at times because I'll be sitting on a video for like four days and like my husband's like, Danielle, just post your video. I'm like, no, but like, I don't have the perfect name yet. And I don't love the beginning of my voiceover. And I'm like, and the lighting was just a little bit off. I'm like, if it was just a little sunnier, like I could have posted it. And he's like, just post, like you can always make, um, you can always make more videos. It's better. Like, I just am reminded it's, it's better to have more content and have more content always going out than to like not be posting at all. But I do take a lot of pride in, in each post that I make. And I feel like there's also this pressure that I feel that's like only pressure for me that like each video has to be better than the next. Yeah. Um, and while that's like, I think it's always good to be striving to make better, higher quality content, but also like, I think creators are very hard on themselves and um, I think anyone in general, like you can be, if, especially if you own your own business, it's easy to like be, be tough on yourself. But I've learned to like, let go a little bit because as you scale your business, you need to delegate, right. And you need to like hire people. And like, now I have um, uh, a management agency that like helps me with my partnerships and everything. And like, for me, as, as a business grows, I just learning that, you know, I can't do everything and I can't wear every hat as much as I want to. It's really important to delegate. And it's really, really important that you have a team around you that can help you because at the end of the day, you can't do everything if, if you want to scale your business. I also, and this could be a more personal answer or it could be more professional as well, but, um, the question that I love to ask is what is a lesson that people have learned? What is a lesson that you've learned from one of the most difficult times of your life so far? Yeah. I would say like, just always listen to your gut. That's what I've learned. Um, and whether that's like business or personal, whether it's in relationships, whether it's a situation, whether it's a business opportunity, something with a friend, like your gut knows so much and you have this voice in, in your head that like you should always listen to because it's most of the time, right? Like the times I didn't listen to my gut, things didn't go as planned. And I can definitely speak to that in business too. Like, let's say, um, I don't know, some like a brand deal or some kind of partnership. And, you know, it, it could have been like a product I was aligned with, but maybe there was just something a little bit off that I didn't feel was like a hundred percent. Um, and like my gut, like if I sat there and I'm like, eh, like this, this doesn't like excite me. Um, 
and then I went through with it and then it ended up like not going well. I'm like, well, I should have just like listened to my intuition. So I think there is something to be said for like in any situation, like just trust yourself and listen to your gut because it's, uh, it's most of the time, right? I love that. It's so apropos also for how you make gut healthy recipes and it it all blends together. I, um, (laughs) I also love to know if there's a worst piece of advice that you've ever gotten. Oh my God. Worst piece of advice. Or maybe like also it's if you've seen quotes or mantras places that just have never resonated with you. Okay. I would say a quote that doesn't really like resonate with me. Well, I've thought a lot about this and that's the quote, money doesn't buy happiness. I talk about this all the time with like friends, my husband. Um, I would say that like, this isn't like worst piece of advice, but it's just like something that I've like thought about a lot because I've learned that no matter like how much money is in my bank account, I'm the same person in my heart. Like you don't really like change. Um, But also I think that money doesn't buy genuine happiness. It can buy, you know, maybe like a sense of freedom and happiness in that way. Um, it can provide experiences. It can provide like, you know, treating people to gifts, which like brings happiness. Um, but overall, like I think learning, just finding like genuine joy, like does not come from money. And like yeah. money does not necessarily like solve all your problems. Um, because I think a lot of people are always like, Oh, like money, like if I just had money, like that would like solve my issues. Or if I had money, like this would help this. But, um, or I think there's a lot of like, maybe like jealousy too, that I see from people of like, Oh, like she has so much money. Like she must have the perfect life. Um, which isn't always the case that just like something that I've come to learn is that, um, yeah, money, it does not, by I would say like genuine, genuine happiness. Like I think in order for money to provide happiness, you have to be happy first before the money. Absolutely. I love that. And I think in a lot of ways, I feel like money is a vehicle to things, but it's not the destination. And I think we, in our minds sometimes feel like it's more of a destination than it is a vehicle to other things. But I agree that if the happiness isn't there before you had the money, it's not going to be there when you have the money. 100%. A lot of people get disappointed about that. Have you felt that like in your career as you've grown, as you've probably made more and obtained more success? Did you think like, oh, once I hit a certain point, I'm going to all of a sudden have no problems? Um, Yes. And I felt like, so it's tricky because I also, I I thought that I would be more stress-free, but I feel like I have like more stress now. Um, because also like, let's say like, as your business grows, you have more responsibility. Um, so excited. Like we just bought a house, but like being a homeowner, like that comes with a lot of responsibilities and a, it's a lot, it's a lot, you know, having a mortgage, like that is a really big, um, undertaking and also just something that, you know, just kind of always on your mind. I'm like, okay, like gotta, like gotta have enough money for this and pay the mortgage. I also thought maybe like, I mean, cause literally like in college I was broke. I had no money. I literally had nothing. I, um, pay, like I babysat all the time in order to like pay for things. Um, so I think I thought that I'd be like a bigger spender when I had more money. Um, but I still like growing up, my mom like taught me all about like coupons and like how to look for things on sale. Um, and I still like, that is me 100%. So I haven't like changed in that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I think more problems that are different problems. Like I think having that financial security alleviates you from a lot of the really serious things like, like your family security and a roof over your head and food to eat. Like those things become not problems, which is like the biggest blessing of all. But then at the same time, you get all of these added complexities to life because all of a sudden you can afford things that are more complicated, like homes and trips and travel and, and things that, just make your life busier, <laughs> a lot more yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I'm not like, I don't mean that in a way to sound ungrateful. Um, but as you said, like taking like basic necessities out, like, of course, as I said before, like, like having like being successful, um, you know, monetary wise, you have that like financial freedom that alleviates so much stress and anxiety and worry surrounding like issues like taking care of your family and being able to provide food and a roof over your head. But in terms of like the complexities and like complicated, like scaling your business and and having more money in that way, that might mean you have more employees to manage and that creates more stress for you. And um, again, like having a house, making sure you can now afford the house that you bought and, and maybe now you, you know, have an extra car that you need to make sure. So I think maybe I should say, um, you know, more money, you have more responsibility, not more problems. There's a lot of, a lot of responsibility involved. Okay. Closing us out. I would love to know what advice you would give to people as a plant-based queen, what advice you would give to people who are looking to maybe become fully plant-based or incorporate more plant-based meals into their lives and who have some hesitations. Like, I know that for me personally, and maybe this is a lot of other people, but I always think to myself, like, how am I going to get enough protein? Or like a meal isn't really a meal without chicken or beef or like, how how do I eat breakfast without eggs? So what would you say to those people who are just a little bit hesitant about trying out all these new plant-based recipes? I would say just one meal at a time. You don't have to like overhaul your life and just become vegan overnight. Like just try tomorrow having a plant-based breakfast and it can, it can be a smoothie. Like it doesn't have to be anything scary. It could be avocado toast with, you know, a green smoothie on the side. It could be overnight oats with peanut butter and blueberries on top. It doesn't have to be this like strange thing. And also I just like doing little swaps. So like instead of chicken fried rice, you could do tofu fried rice. Instead of um, a beef burger, you could do a black bean burger and some like baked sweet potato fries. So I would just say take your favorite meals and then veganize them so that you're not making something completely foreign to you. I love that. Also, if you go and visit Danielle's page, it's amazing because all of your recipes are like, I swear, under 30 minutes. Like they are not. And I think that's what people are so drawn to is they're not super complex. It doesn't have to be complex. Like you can make simple things that are nourishing and healthy. And I love that you show us that it also doesn't have to take a ton of time. Nope. All my recipes are super simple, easy. As you said, most of them are under 30 minutes. I am a busy mother now. I don't have a ton of time. So (laughs) the easier and simpler my recipes uh, can be, that's like my favorite because I want my recipes to be something that's uh, replicated and something that's approachable because everyone's busy. Uh, Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, can you let us know where else people can go? I introduced it at the beginning, but let us know websites, social media handles. You can clearly go and order her book, which has all of her amazing, well, not all of them, but a lot of amazing recipes. And um, you can get started on your plant-based journey. And I assure you that the pictures and videos that she shares are very much so as appealing as as she was describing in this podcast. (laughs) 
Thank you. Yeah. So everywhere I'm Healthy Girl Kitchen, TikTok, Instagram at Healthy Girl Kitchen. If you want to go to my website and um, there's like tons of free recipes on there, it's healthygirlkitchen.com. My book is Healthy Girl Kitchen. Um, and I think, I think that's it. I love it. Well, Danielle, thank you for sharing your talent with us, for helping us nourish our bodies in quick and easy ways, and for taking the time to chat with us today and share so much of your wisdom. We are so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. And to everyone watching and listening, don't forget to subscribe to The Shift and let us know what you think of this episode, and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.